All right, in the immortal words of a famous Fox News host, fuck it, we'll do it live. And so here we are. Here we are. <laughs> do it live. Yes. Drawing a blank on who that who that was. Was that I Bill O'Reilly? That it's was Bill O'Reilly. O'Reilly on, I think uh, it's Bill, Inside, yeah. Bill O'Reilly on Inside Edition. Edition. Yeah, back in, what was it, 96, 97, something yeah, like that? I have that clip somewhere. That's a great clip. It's it's right it's up a, there with can... Stop the Hammering. That's another one, one of my favorites. <laughs> or where he talked about getting a rub down with a, with a falafel, but he we meant uh, Lutha. Yeah. yeah. I would like to think that the movie Anchorman was pretty much about Bill O'Reilly. Right. Had to be. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Didn't he Jesus. move for his, his uh, internet? He did move for his internet. Uh-huh. He got out of the log cabin because he said the yeah, internet was funky. I moved for the internet. and uh, <laughs> It's actually somehow worse. I didn't know worse. it was going to be funky at the office. It's not supposed to be funky <laughs> here. God. That's, it's that stable Southern California internet, let me tell you. <laughs> but welcome oh, back. Yeah. Mm. We are here to break down The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3, The Convert. Um, f- so, first, right off the bat, uh, <laughs> is this Mandalorian show anymore? <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyone happen to notice there is it a... It never uh... has been. That's the real secret. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you a know, severe it... lack of Mandalorian in the last couple of episodes. We talked about uh, the book of Boba Fett, you know, like branching off and having this whole Mandalorian thing. And you go, yep. okay, is it to set something else up or is it just because Mandalorian is, you know, everyone just wants that. So right. in the Mandalorian, let's just not show the Mandalorian. <laughs> I, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, even in the book of Boba Fett, it was like like mid-season, it became the Mandalorian season 2.5. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Uh, I'm not against it. It was actually kind of helping the show there for a little bit. Yeah, th- those were the best episodes of Book of Boba Fett. Uh, exactly. Right. That's how bad that show was. The two best episodes with him in it were, were without <laughs> Boba Fett. Those were the two best episodes, the two that didn't have Boba Fett in them at all. Right. Right. And that has nothing to do with, um, oh gosh, I forget the, the guy's name, uh, the actor. Completely. Tamoria Morrison. Yes, Amelia Moore, great. Uh, he's great in the role, but horribly misused in that show. Yeah. Uh, one positive to that show was uh, Fennec Shand. Yeah. Yes. She was great in that. Absolutely. Might be the best part of that show. Outside of those Mando episodes, I think she was my favorite part of that show. Yep. Uh, but if you want to go listen to that, I mean, me and Lincoln busted that show down way back into the gap. Yeah, if you want to see me being angry, go watch that show. <laughs> yeah, it was such a good, such a good idea that we decided not to do Kenobi because I, I think we both would have been uh, roasty on that one. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, usually I drink during the shows. If I was going to do uh, reviews of Kenobi, I'd have to be what, getting uh, alcohol poisoning just to get through the episode. Right. So let me ask you this because I do podcast review stuff, right? And uh, I do enjoy. Uh, a, a, a hitch show where you're like just trashing on people, but yeah. afterwards, you know, you, look, we don't, 
you don't actually know any of these actors, I assume and stuff. So it's no big deal, but right. it is more enjoyable. I think to have a, a fun show that you're excited about and talk about. So yes. Yes. Uh, sorry. Sorry. You did those episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And reviewing stuff that's good is always better than reviewing stuff. That's bad. Right. Yeah. Every once in a while, I think it's fun to review something that is bad, but on the whole, it's much more fun to talk about stuff that we like. Yeah. Yeah, because then you're like struggling to actually find something negative about it. Yeah. But in these, I mean, we just kind of pick them apart as they come up. So it's always kind of fun. So this one opens up right where we left off the last time uh, with Bo-Katan seeing the uh, the Mythosaur down in the living waters. Uh, Din Djarin wakes up. Din Djarin wakes up and uh, he's been redeemed. And uh, Grogu's right there kind of consoling him, I guess. They've been baptized. Congratulations. Yes. Yes. Now we did learn uh, to me that he didn't get pulled under, but it sounds like he just stepped off a crevice or stepped off a ledge in the water. So that was something, right? Because otherwise you're like, well, why would you get pulled under and then just kind of a lot? But we've all been in the water, right? And you've you've probably like walked off a deep end type of thing. Do you fall like 30 feet immediately or is it because he got the armor on or something? I guess Beskar is incredibly dense. That's the only (laughs) thing I can think of. Except that the problem is he moves around in it so easily. Right. It does. It looks a lot lighter than it actually is, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he he definitely uh, it looked to me like he got pulled. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. But uh, I've I've walked out in uh, in shallow water that all of a sudden goes deep and you don't really just like fall like that. You just kind of float there for a minute <laughs> and then yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, I have nothing to touch my feet on at the bottom here. Because humans can float like, yeah, in in we got air in our water, lungs you yeah. can float once you if you have air in your lungs. It's not but that- if you don't float, then it's a witch and you must burn her. <clears throat> right. So, yes. Uh, uh, as long as they uh, weigh the same as a duck, as a duck. And then they're made of wood. Yes. And therefore, she's made of wood. Oh, and man, maybe we should review burner. Monty Python the Holy Grail. There's one we can <laughs> I love it. I tried right. showing it to my kids, and they're like, Dad, this is stupid. And I was like, yes. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> I, when I, so just by the way, I, I was an engineer. Well, I went to you know engineering school and got a degree and all that. And my uh, friend went in engineering school. Uh, I don't know why I call it like that. Um, he had a, an original script uh, of the of the uh, the Holy Grail, and it had like you know it was a copy, but it yeah. would be like the original, and then the changes that they did. So that was kind of fun going through it. Um, so did it like, have the, the notes? end that they cut off because they they I don't remember. Didn't, they didn't. Yeah, I'm so old. I don't remember how long ago that was. I mean, that was yeah. years ago. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, but like cool. For those in the know, like the police showing up at the end were actually there to shut down production because they were <laughs> creating a nuisance. Oh, yeah. yeah, those are real cops. Uh, so, yeah. So, Din, uh, as a matter of uh, trying to prove that he actually visited the uh, the living waters, he took a vial of the waters. And we uh, see why that comes into play. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Bo-Katan asks him if he saw anything while he was down there, any creatures. And Din said, no, I didn't see anything. I was unconscious the whole time. So she's kind of hiding the whole mythosaur thing. It's like she's questioning whether or not it was real, almost. Why would she not just? I think I saw and have that conversation. Why does it have to be so? Super- I don't know. I think she's kind of playing it close to the vest. I don't know if she's I think kind she's of playing you- it close to the vest. I'll get into why I think she's doing it 
by the time we get to the end here. But uh, because she's going to ride the mythosaur. Yeah, well, something like that. <laughs> At least that's that's the like, that's kind of what I think. It's like uh, she's kind of angling for uh, getting back to the throne. So yeah, I think we're going to see that. And we'll, I did have some notes, and we'll get back to Bo-Katan and Mando a bit later. But uh, yeah. they have some a little adventure because, of course, we have to have our corporate mandated action scene. At the yes. opening of the show. And uh, I had wrote down uh, tight interceptors, exclamation point. And then I wrote down danger zone because that's the music I want yes. to play. Yes. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. So do you do you enjoy the um, the firefight that's up in space more? Like maybe with some asteroids or the ones that's kind of close to Earth like that we saw or, or planet? Actually, I kind of like that it began out in space because they're like trying to cut them off before heading back to their castle, and then uh, her taking it to uh, map of the Earth, uh, you know, that close danger, close into into the caverns and everything. Uh, I kind of like that whole thing, and then uh, just seeing that they weren't wasting any time, and we had bogeys filling up the screen left and right. Yeah, I first yeah. thought it was the the pirate ship people kind of coming at them, you know, like I had the same thought. I yeah, thought I thought they might have followed Mando, but then it turned out to be the Empire which is interesting. Yeah, the remnants. Well, uh, for those of you who remember uh, Legacies. Wasn't it, uh, isn't it, is it the, the Empire or is it the New Republic? What's the... What well, the TIE about? Interceptors, uh, they were being used by holdovers, basically. It's like all of the, the Imperials they hadn't rounded up yet. So yeah. we got to understand in this timeline, the you know, Battle of Endor is like five years removed. So there's still going to be you know, Imperials yeah. still going around the galaxy causing trouble. Gotcha. Yep. Thank you. No problem. And uh, they bombed the shit out of Bo's castle. They sure did. They weren't. They Rebel were not wasting place. any time. Those uh, Tie Fighter Bs. Of course, the thing that maybe we'll find this out later, but it's like, I wonder how long that they've known that. It better have been that they only recently found out about this. Yeah. Because if Bo-Katan had been there and had been planning her little rebellion. Before that, they should have blown her out of the water well before yeah. this took place. You know what I mean? Like that would seem. Yeah, well, Mando even has like a little line of dialogue. He goes, "Yeah, they really don't like it when you raid their uh, supply ships." Yeah, and then she goes, "Yeah, I'll remember that for next time." <laughs> so I, I, I always have a problem with this, which is. Um, it's like the good guys go to good guy shooting school and the bad guys go to bad guy shooting school. So they're on her tail and there's, they're, they're not even, I, I, I'm like, there's five or six. What is it? And yeah, there was seven of them right at, right at okay. first. And, and oh. tie interceptors, which are not slouches. And, yeah, uh, they're supposed he, to be. He even says that Mando even says that, oh, this is dangerous. There's tie interceptors. And what do they do? They proceed to miss all of their shots. Right. <laughs> like literally at the end of the fight, uh, Mando asks Bogaton, "Do you take any damage?" He's like, "Only shields." And she's like, "Do you take any damage?" And he's like, "Not a scratch." <laughs> then why even try to build up the tie interceptors? Is impressive. Yeah, it, like ha- like have an engine go out or something. Just as useless as the regular tie fighter. Yeah, I, I even have it wrote down in my notes here. It was like targeting computers. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and by the way, so at the very end her her method of of getting him is to do like some extreme 180 reverse shoot right and i'm like you could have just done that to begin with right 
I, yeah. it seemed, it felt yeah, like I it. do love showing the capabilities of the of the Mandalorian ships. Yeah, it's a really because they were cool so badass design. in the cartoons. I love yeah. the Mandalorian ship design. I'm glad we got to see it in action in the show, but they really did the tie interceptors dirty. I gotta say, I was not a fan. Yeah, they should have been all over them. Should have yeah. been all over them. But I, I just so to pose my question to answer it, I, I enjoy it when they kind of come down to planet and you know doing the like the Top Gun, uh, the the new Top Gun type of thing. <laughs> I yeah. enjoy those kind of fighter flight fights a little bit better than out in space. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something to it. The the visual maybe, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah, then it all was the... definitely fun. I, I think that I enjoy, I generally enjoy any type of starship combat, uh, at least fighter starship combat, big, big starships too. What the hey? I enjoy yeah. all starship combat. It is Star Wars, after all. Yes. So, yeah, well, there you go. Uh, and during all this excitement, apparently that was just too much for R5 because he passed out. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. And I, 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 I groaned audibly to nobody no. else in the, in the room, but R5, I groaned. I was like, ugh. R5 female <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> uh, R5 basically... Uh, a very light southern gentleman who goes, oh, my God, the vipers. <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah, our, our five, I don't even know why R5 is there. I'll be honest. The only, the the only thing that they've used him for is, one, as a reference point, because we got to have our references to other stuff people like, or else right. they won't like what we made. And the other reason, is, the one thing he actually did was fly the ship to Bo-Katan, when Grogu went over there. And I didn't yeah. even like Grogu going off by his own to do the ship thing anyway. So the only thing yeah. he did <laughs> I thought was really dumb. I, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I uh, actually have it wrote down. Great cold open. Because we got a little bit of action scene right up top. Got a conclusion yeah. from last <laughs> week's episode. I liked the cold open this week because it started off right where we left off. I enjoy yeah. starting off right where you leave off. And I thought that was good. I was hoping it was going to culminate with her getting the dark saber, but whatever. Right. Yeah. Now I actually had to watch that episode again, and apparently Din Jaren does pick it up and just put it on his belt again. So yeah, there's yeah. like no, I got no this tussle for it. You know what's funny? I was talking to my brother today. I was out working in the field. He watched episode two today. He called. He called me up. We can tell you worked out in the field because you are sunburnt a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. My, my ruddy cheeks here. Um, the uh, He called me up. He's not watched our reviews. And you know what he says to me? First thing he says is, Bo-Katan should have the Darksaber. Which is exactly <laughs> what I said last week. She should have it. She won it from the guy that beat Mendo. Yeah. Yep. And uh, apparently has no, like no problems using it because she was yeah. wielding it around like it was nothing. So, Did uh, you... I mean, maybe I'll, I'll save this, but... Um, She's been a person that I, I'm trying to remember. And with, did, when did we first see her? Was it season two? Yes. Yeah. She. Yeah, season really... two for this show. But she was on uh, Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels previously. Okay, so yeah, maybe answer a question. In, in Clone Wars. Answer yeah. a question here. So it seemed like she was freely taking her helmet off willy nilly on the ship right. all the time. She goes in the water. She knows the whole prospect. It doesn't come off. Right. D fight scene, everything. So uh, 
well, I, and obviously it comes in later, but I, I, I was noticing that right away. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. Maybe she, she knows the game. She wants to play it. Yeah, once she, once she fished Din Djarin out of the water, the, the helmet has stayed on this entire time. You yeah. see, what I thought, I thought that Bo was just the only non-retarded person in Star Wars who <laughs> kept her helmet on yes. in a hostile environment, which is what anyone with a <laughs> helmet would do right. when they're right. in a hostile environment. Yeah, uh, we covered this in my uh, two-hour-long safety briefing today. So, yeah, tool drops happen all the time. <laughs> so keep your hard hat on. Okay. And you're dating, so that's another wear, uh, safety. You always wear a helmet when you're spelunking. Yes, exactly. Have to. Have to. Uh, so then we, uh, after the cold open, we uh, find ourselves back in Coruscant, of all places. And uh, it seems like uh, Dr. Pushing, Pershing is giving a little uh, talk about, oh, yeah, what I did was terrible. And then I have it wrote down here. And then for folks of you out there who may not know or know this, uh, we have the galactic version of the Operation Paperclip going on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Boy, howdy, do we. There, I have, I have several layers of, of yikes written down here. Uh, yeah, there's. The I was like the whole time going, "Oh no, this is a bad idea." The portrayal of the New Republic here is not a favorable one. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, so after a speech, he kind of hobnobs with the uh, aristocrats uh, out there, uh, one who didn't mind talking about you know the glory days of the Empire and everything, and yeah. had to make him a redhead. And that just oh gosh who did they, who did the casting for for these and like spot little on. extras <laughs> these guys acted their acting was like they should have just used cardboard cutouts they yeah. their their delivery was flat their faces were wooden uh, it was really poorly acted and I was really happy when they moved on from it and I'm yeah. glad that they were just bit characters I, I had wrote down here it's like the 1980s called and they want their TV actors back <laughs> yeah <laughs> that that one guy he would have he would have fainted quicker than R5 on the on the ship there so uh, definitely he, he's got a case of the vapors just walking down a set yeah. of stairs because he's so. like ah they almost got me in the war but I wouldn't have been able to I was been second oh sorry yeah, family yeah. friendly show. Uh, so my old buddy uh, Doofus here, going by Derpy Entertainment. This is the best episode of season three for me so far, from the tone aspect. And I have to agree, this is actually pretty good. Yeah, I. This section of the show I really liked because yeah. the middle, well, really, I, I we say the middle part because it's sandwiched in between two parts where you actually see Mando in his own show. But the yes. bulk of this show. <laughs> focuses on the doc and yeah. the stuff that he's doing on Coruscant. Yeah. Uh, I actually the... didn't mind it so much because it kind of builds out what happened with the new Republic after the empire fell. Yeah. And if you hadn't read any of the comic books or the books, you don't really see that in any of the shows. Yep. So this one's actually kind of good because they're kind of showing what's going on here. Yeah. Well, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I read one of the early trilogies by, and I can't think of what Timothy's on. No, not not Zons. I have been reading those faithfully because I will read anything Zon puts out. Yeah. But uh, one of the first official Star Wars trilogies they put out, which focused on like Han and Leia and Luke, you know, very like right after Endor, that kind of stuff, like the really early New Republic stuff. And that was somewhat interesting. And its portrayal seems inconsistent with the New Republic that we're seeing here. Yeah, but that's fine. 
because I thought this take on the New Republic was kind of interesting, actually. Yeah. Uh, so after that, he gets into the Johnny Cab, and I couldn't help but make that reference because the whole time he's turning around talking to him, he's supposed to keep his eye on the Skyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next I'm note I have down. Droid didn't have like an Arabic <laughs> accent. <laughs> right. Just put a little bit too on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he's going to the amnesty housing. And then I was like, an amnesty program is a terrible idea for the type of people that, that were in leadership positions in the, in the yeah. empire. Well, it's not an amnesty program. They chose a much better name for it. They chose to call it the reintegration program. <laughs> That's so much better. That's yeah. so. Oh, and, and of course, where did they go to? Where were they before the reintegration program? They were at the um, the rehabilitation program. <laughs> right. It's like a, a double yikes. And of course, as you do, you refer to each other by your designations, which yeah. you get at the reintegration program. I, yeah, it, guys, I think the New Republic is evil. <laughs> oh, no, we're not starting off on a good foot, for sure. But it, I mean, that this part, it, I'm, I'm like, I'm watching this train wreck from the literal from the beginning. He goes in there, he recognizes. I don't remember her name. First, I'm like, who's that guy? Uh, oh, and then I reckon, <laughs> and I'm like, don't follow the short-haired lesbian. Don't, no, don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't, oh, here we go. This is obvious. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it was kind of like hackneyed. Uh, are we doing like a love interest type thing here? Because he mentions, you know, he kind of misses like the yellow ration cake thing. And then next thing you know, he's like alone in his room and outside there's a box of yellow Did ration it, Didn't cakes. she at one point talk about um, kidnapping and killing Governor Whitmer? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, sure, yeah. sure had this feeling that she was a, <laughs> and then look at we had it right. Yeah, I mean yeah. It was, she's working for the space FBI. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we kind of get that get that later. Uh, so I had kind of wrote down like a question here. I was like, does he have a secret admirer or is somebody gaining his trust? Yeah, and it turns out that one was gaining his trust. <clears throat> uh, and then we kind of see him easily in... too. By the way, she just had oh to yeah, throw that's a few all it took. In. Yeah, just so easy. Way to a man's heart is in his stomach. So there you go. That is true. <laughs> uh, so he's to be fair. This this is the first female attention this nerd has had in his entire life. Doesn't right. matter uh, that she looks like a man. The fact that it's a being, another being that has titties to him. He's like, oh my god, what am I supposed got, to do? She's got really nice cheekbones, though. I mean, you have to give her that. Oh, yeah. Give her some long yeah. hair; she'll be fine. I, I, if she had. If she didn't have a man's haircut, I think she would actually look really attractive. Right, and body. <laughs> uh, but it's Get also, she played to his kind of altruistic, uh, you know, insides. Of like, yeah, oh, we're doing this we're, for the right. Yeah. We're supposed to be doing the, the, the good for the galaxy as if, yeah. you know, a bunch of evil hasn't been done in the name of yeah. well, <laughs> doing the right thing. He's the classic guy who was just following orders, right? And that's that's <laughs> right. basically, you know he kind of gives that Nuremberg defense. Like he thought he was working for the greater good. He was right. just doing what he was told. He's the type of person who clearly needs somebody else to give him purpose. And so the new Republic is telling him, you got to do your work for us. And, and that's going to give you purpose in life. And she comes around and says, Hey, maybe you could do some good for the Republic. And that can, can right. do some good in life. He's like, he's got no independent direction of his own. Yeah. Well, she and, takes and, advantage and, of that. 
I, I mean, Operation Paperclip, I think, wasn't that where the Nazi scientists were used yes. for? Okay. So yeah. the problem with your comparison there is he is a Nazi scientist that's just in the mailroom. He's not being used for his, I mean, he's just, okay, we we'll come back. You have a shitty job. You don't get to do anything worthwhile. And Einstein's yeah. like, oh, Einstein wasn't a, a Nazi, but uh, no. you get what I point. Rosenberg, yeah. Uh, well, we all... <laughs> We, we all know it wasn't the Nazis who built NASA. We all know it was the black women. <laughs> okay, cotton. <Right>. Jesus. <laughs> sounds, sounds the same. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, Have you seen the movie Hidden Figures? <laughs> <laughs> Please. Please, God. I will end the stream now. Uh, well, Lincoln, let me ask you. What... what uh, what do you do? What did you do? Did you go to school? Do, do you have a degree or anything like that? Oh, God, like a no. smart... I, I dropped out of school okay. because I realized that it was a bunch of bullshit. I, well, congratulations <laughs> to you. But I, I, I'm, I get a feeling you're nerdy enough. You could have been an engineer like Eric and I. Uh, there were no women in, in these schools. And if they were, yeah. they were they, they yeah. not uh, didn't get hit with the ugly stick. They got mm -hmm. hit with a cattle prod ugly stick. It was really yeah. bad for the most when part. I, I so didn't know I don't how to handle story. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I am all for women in STEM because it gives me more to look at right. than just dudes in the <laughs> right. office. Yeah. Uh, so we get a good view of uh, of Pershing's office while he's uh, doing uh, destroy orders. And uh, the keen-eyed observer would also recognize this was the same set that they used in Andor for the other guy. Yes. So uh, I thought that was kind of a little nice little nod to that. So it'll be interesting to see if they pull that together that it was or they just were cheap on the set i think it was just kind of cheap on the set we've already got okay. the show going we built it we can shoot it from a different angle so it doesn't look the same that type of thing but you can definitely tell those cubicles from anywhere yeah yeah uh then we find out he's he's not going to do any kind of cloning whatsoever so I, I had wrote down like a little soup nazi joke here no clones for you <laughs> <laughs> and then uh one other what thing do that you I, mean no clones <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh and then she was talking about getting him some lab equipment so he can kind of do it on the sly. And then she kind of goes, well, we go into there all the time. And I just kind of wrote down, who is we? That was a slip, maybe. Yeah, I was like, it, are we doing like some kind of uh, Gladio stay behind network type of thing that's going on here or what? Yeah. Maybe she was, you know, she's trying to keep this story that she's a, not really a double agent, so to speak, for him. Yeah, uh, and even though it's not really like that, right? She's try she's a police officer, undercover, trying to set him up in a sense. So maybe, yeah. maybe when she says "we," she's like, "It's true. I go in there all the time with other people because I'm allowed to." Yeah. But then you know she slips up when she says that. I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of something I I picked up right away. It could uh, also be it could also be purposeful because clearly he identifies with being part of a greater cause. Uh, at something that gives him fulfillment. So it could be that she's alluding to the idea that there's other people like her and therefore like him that he could be with because I, I think clearly he's the type of person who wants to be part of something bigger than himself. Right. That's the way that I interpreted it. Not, but I, I do think that the way that you guys saw it is, is perfectly valid as well. Yeah. And I mean, his story while he was uh, speaking it in the right at the beginning of this scene was that, you know, he was trying to do something that would have saved his mother, mother's life. You know, if he could have just got this done, you know, then other people in the galaxy will definitely benefit. But he's got to remember what Moff Gideon had him do. So 
Yeah. Got to he's got to balance that. Uh, By the way, they, there was a comment there of those all those outcasts or re-education about uh Moff where it sounded like he had escaped possibly. Yeah, she made a comment about that. Yeah, that he was uh, about to go to a mind wipe and all of a sudden he disappeared or something like that. It was a uh, kind of an interesting little scene because if you didn't catch that dialogue right off at, right off at first, you'd have missed it. Yeah, also as a D&D nerd, it's like weird seeing them talk about mind flayers. Like yeah. hearing that term come up and just like, well, that's not, I, it's, it's a familiar term. I guess there's some sort of similarity there in the fact that it like does some sort of psychic damage, but it just, it was just kind of a, a weird crossover of terminology. Yeah, that was, that was a good catch. That was a good catch. Uh, so they uh, head out. They get on the little, uh, they get in their civvy clothes and uh, very reminiscent of uh, Blade Runner, the the type of uh, clothing everybody was wearing, long trench coats. I love the aesthetic. Here is an example of aesthetics that fit everybody. You want to look at, you know, it's a city planet. Yes. Everybody's going to kind of look like they're in the Matrix. It's pretty good. Hey, you know who might have fit in in that little square area where they go? Oh, our mod squad? Yeah, they would have fit in real nice in that area. <laughs> Touching the, the mountain. You know what would have been crazy? If they had, what they really should have done is dressed up in rags like the uh, freaking Tuscan Raiders do. Because why wouldn't you do that? Sorry. That's, that, that would be cultural appro- appropriation, and uh, Coruscant just isn't about that. I'm getting flashbacks to pick a Boba Fett from the Mod <laughs> Squad after seeing how cool things look when you make it look right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we do actually get to see the top of the highest mountain on Coruscant that's unencumbered by city life. And, uh, yeah, she kind of got him to uh, try and touch it. And, of course, he gets immediately dinged. You know, this is a really – I want to uh, shoot off on a tiny little tangent here with the, the highest mountain thing. All right, let's go for it. In the original – so Coruscant was not a creation of George Lucas. That was a creation from the EU that existed between the prequels and the original trilogy. Right. That was appropriated by Lucas uh, later and and applied within the the prequels. EU standing for expanded universe for yes. for the normies out there. Uh, yeah, not the European Union. Uh, no, definitely not universe. <laughs> yeah. So. The, Although the European Union does seem like the expanded universe, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So in the original EU, the fun fact is that Coruscant was a very mountainous planet. And at, in its original conception, it, it had megacities, but it wasn't an ecumenopolis. That is to say, well, actually, they explain what an ecumenopolis is in the show. Yeah, thank you, exposition tablet. Yeah, there's exposition (laughs) tablet there. It's like, but for anybody who does isn't familiar from the with the concept of an ecumenopolis from other sci-fi, that's just a city that engulfs an entire planet. The original conception of Coruscant was that it had very a very large city and it was well overtaken, but areas of the planet, including the tallest mountain, I don't know if it's the same mountain as the one referenced here or not. But that was preserved as like a, a nature preserve to help preserve the ecosystem of the planet and leave some remaining natural beauty. And so I just think that's an interesting juxtaposition between Lucas's interpretation and the interpretation that we see here and how the original conception of Coruscant basically was. Yeah. That's just me just kind of 
exposing yeah, how massive of a nerd I am because I'm familiar yeah. enough with that. I mean, we get little bits of it in Tales of the Jedi if anybody hadn't watched that. I mean, there's a tree in the in the Jedi Order and that type of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, they make little hints to it here and there. I, I just want to comment real quick about the, the mountain itself. Well, not the mountain itself, but that scene, which... Um, I mean, I could be reading into the uh, the writer's intent, but it's like uh, she was always I think she did multiple things. And that, I think, was one intentionally to show one that he's a rule guy and that yeah. she's trying to push the boundaries of I'm a little bit of a rebel. And yeah. so this little jaunt we're going to take isn't out of the realm of what I would do. And you're trying to yeah. get him to, to, you know, just go along. So. Yeah, I see, thought this was really well done. That scene yeah. was very well done. The only thing I didn't like about it was the CGI popsicles. Just use regular yeah. popsicles. Yeah. I mean, if you want to make them purple and kind of weird color, that's fine. They don't need to glow. I don't yeah. want to eat no glowing uh, popsicles. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Chernobyl sickles. Yeah. They're going to give the, you all uh, kinds of cancer. Unless you're going to go there. What about the, the kind of the debriefing with the droid? Those that was very creepy. Yeah, I liked that though. I yeah. think it. I think it went well with the "Hey, the New Republic is clearly evil" message <laughs> that they're they're going with. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Yeah, exactly. Maybe like ten percent less evil. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they, when when the strobes are going in his head, that's that's exactly what they're saying. Oh, it's same machine. We call it something else, <laughs> yeah. but it's it soothes you. Yeah, to me, it was kind of like an homage to THX one one three eight. George Lucas's first film, uh, because there they have like the pain prod police and, uh, it's like, they got scenes that are very similar to that, where someone is not talking to a human, but they're talking to a robot instead. And they're asking all these very personal questions. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, this is part of the problem too. You have someone that you're basically trying to reeducate or reintroduce in there and the reintegrate please that's, that's sorry, the official <laughs> right and it's it's done with a droid of no of just kind of like formulaic questions yeah uh, who's is, bolted is, to the floor in that office it cannot right. move that's right. its job so you're not really getting to the root or working this thing out with this person so yeah and it's like even the the, the last little session that he does with it he doesn't even like say goodbye or anything like he did the first time. He just kind of gets up and leaves right before the yep. droid even has the chance to say, you know, have a nice day. Yeah. And after that second session, guess who's waiting for him right outside? Uh, yep. That, she is. Hmm, that's not suspicious at all. That <laughs> yeah. his one friend would be out there waiting for him right when he's at his most emotionally vulnerable. Right. It's kind of, kind of interesting. If you, once you go back and watch it, you'll kind of, yeah kind of pick up on that kind of stuff i didn't catch that like immediately right up for i was like wait what is she doing right there that seems a little weird yeah unless her appointment's like right after his but you know that type of thing uh so then we get to the uh going on the uh the tram out to the industrial sector uh for those who watched like uh, attack of the clones uh we got to see that a little bit in the chase with obi-wan and the changeling they kind of go out to that industrial sector again so it was kind of nice oh, to yeah. see that by the way this is where you use a tram. You know where you don't use a tram? In the <laughs> middle of an open desert full of freaking dunes and, and mountains and rock. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't so, like Book of Boba Fett in case anyone hasn't caught on yet. <laughs> Interesting. Not on his high list of uh, of watching rewatches. Yeah. Is, yeah, so they, is uh, a lot of blowing sand, is that good for a tram too? I don't know how that would I wouldn't works, think but... so, no. Probably, okay. probably yeah. not. 
as young Anakin said, it gets everywhere. You know, it's itchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My kid said that too. <laughs> yeah, so they uh, they jump the styles like it's uh, New York in the 1970s, uh, going onto the subway. <laughs> And uh, they get in there. They're like basically causing a scene. They're basically it was like uh, how to tell when people are not where they're supposed to be. You know, it's just to act like this guy. Yep. Uh, they get out to the industrial sector. Of course, the uh, the police droids at this point have picked up that there's a couple of people in this train that don't belong there, and uh, they're going to jump. And anybody who's seen Coruscant, there's not really a soft landing anywhere. It's not like you're going to hop off the train into some grass and roll, yep. right? But there just so happens to be a mat really conveniently placed at the exact spot where she says to jump. Interesting. That's yeah. interesting. I seems seems crazy that that <laughs> they would be so lucky, right? Yeah, I, I kind of wrote down. It was like it was very lucky they found something soft to land onto. Yeah, <laughs> but this is one of those things, though, where given the writing quality up to this point. It makes you wonder, is this something where the writers were just like, oh, they need to survive this. They clearly wouldn't land by by landing on metal. We'll just say they landed on something soft. Or is Someone this just them, happened to pile up all these tarps? <laughs> or is this them subtly alluding to the fact that this whole thing it's might be contrived and a setup? Yeah. Uh, I like to think that it's the, the latter, but on the other hand, it's probably the former given the quality that we've right. seen up to this point. Like, yeah, we would have known something was up if Dr. Pushing got up and it was like, oh, man, it was a good thing that you knew exactly when to jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have been asking a bunch of questions. How did you know that? I mean, because she waited. I mean, and then if you're going to go all the way till you know, the setup, then you go back and you go, okay, so the droids were probably part of this, which means then she's got to jump at the right time. She knows this is where it is. I mean, because when she waited and then looked and jumped to the side, I'm like... My first thought is, oh, well, she's been here before. Obviously, she knew exactly yeah. to wait when right. to go. And um, she does. She did say earlier that she'd been there before, so it's got some level of plausibility. Right. But, but the, at the but other she hand, say it's she like, had to jump off before. Exactly. Yeah. So it was definitely hinky if you go back and and uh, watch yeah. it again with uh, after knowing how the episode ends. Because they seem to be moving pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. Uh, so they get in there and they start ripping off lab equipment from one of the Star Destroyers. Uh, it was also pretty good to see one of those again. Mm -hmm. uh, and inside the oh, Star Destroyer... Oh, I'm sorry. I want to I pause here because there's something go ahead, go ahead. crazy that the New Republic says that it's doing, which is that they're just <laughs> scrapping... I picked, up, I picked up on this too. Was... They're scrapping everything that the Empire has. Like, the Empire set up... Like, criticize the Empire all you want. The one thing that they did, much like the Romans, like was set up infrastructure all over the galaxy. Yeah. And you, they're just like, we're going to scrap all of the resources and infrastructure that the Empire set up because this was the old regime. And yeah. we want the old regime to look nothing like the new regime. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, I'm sorry, what? That's I insane. Even the Taliban, when we left Afghanistan, used what we left. <laughs> Military it was the first thing they did. It was a whole <laughs> yeah. debacle. Right. right. We left all that stuff, and everybody was like, oh, my God, I can't believe Biden left all that stuff there for them to have. It's like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. I had actually wrote down, in, I had wrote down in the notes. The built the airport there. 
That that, that, was, that happened the first time somebody yeah. left Afghanistan. This happens every time. Yeah, I had a I had a note in here. It's like stock stockpiles of good hardware, but let's junk it. Yeah, it, and it was wasn't crazy. just the empire; they were also junking the Rebel Alliance stuff too. Yeah, but which it does, also, doesn't make any sense. It almost makes you wonder if, like, again, the whole thing was a setup just to just an entrapment scheme for this guy. Oh yeah, yeah, he definitely because got entrapped. It's wild that it was unguarded. Like they go in, like he goes in and. And he asks a very reasonable question when they go in. It's like, why aren't there guards? And she's like, don't worry about it. It can't fly, so it's not going anywhere. Yeah, there's nobody around. (laughs) But then you think, well, we're able to get in here, just walk in here and take military technology. There would be guards. Military technology. There should be guards all over the place. But but he doesn't think about that at all. Uh, It's not like the galaxy has got like a pirate and mercenary problem. Yeah, exactly. This is the problem you have once again of, of like, is it good writing or is it uh, just they're lucking their way into this? Because right. that's that's another example, right? It's maybe it's just a, she's just bullshitting him because who would do that? Oh, too late, JC. That's this oh. whole show is spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We should not do spoiler free here. <laughs> yeah, right. no, it's all spoilers. I can't believe Grogu dies in this one. That's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag baby Yoda RIP. Right. Yeah. But it saves it saves the Mandalorian because he'd be able to eat him. So that's uh... <laughs> <laughs> He was starving on Mandalorian or whatever that place is called. Mandalorian. Oh, Mandalorian. <laughs> Mandalorian uh mines. Mandalorian yeah. mines. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, good so luck, uh good luck, JC. Yeah, exactly. Uh but we did get thumbs up from him, so thank you him her I, did, I didn't mean to misgender you i don't know and jc's in my chats all the time too uh love jc him or her okay there you go they them i i was just covering all I'm my sorry. bases yeah <laughs> yeah so uh eventually they kind of figure out that uh somebody's else is also on the ship and uh so they make a run for it and of course they get busted shock yeah by the space cops cocks Oh my yeah. God! It's this. Cue the bad boys team. <laughs> and you knew it. I, 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 this whole time, like she's just, she's such a bad news. She's don't do this. And then they, they shine the light down, and they only mention his number. They don't say both of them. Mm-hmm. They just right. say his. And you're like, oh, okay, I, I see what's going on here. Yeah, and then yeah. she turns around, picks up the case, and walks away. Like, oh, I have evidence now. Right. Yeah. So excuse me, fellas. Here's what I want to know. Did we catch up on this because of who we are and the circles we run in <laughs> and we know enough to spot a glowy when we see one? Like, do the did the normies see this or was this as obvious as it looks to us or I, I'm going to have to go into work tomorrow and ask my normie friends who aren't in these type of circles and see, hey, yeah. it's like, did you pick up so, on the on the glow? Let me let me ask you this: If you uh, if you watch the very beginning, it says recap. At least for my pops up says recap, and it shows her on Moth's uh, ship, and someone comes up to her and says, "I have something for you." Yeah. So right there, then because I I watched kind of that part twice after I'd already seen it, and then I'm like, "Oh, well, maybe the idea is you're gonna go as like, oh yeah, remember her." infiltrate or something. I don't know. Yeah. Because we want this guy dead. So I'm thinking, I don't know what's going on here with her <laughs> but well they're, yeah they're... We, well let's get to the well let's talk about what her deal is 
in a second because after he gets arrested, we get the mind player scene. Yeah, he gets uh, hooked up to a machine and uh, he's he's given some uh, given some shit to that Mon Calamari there. Who's like, oh, I, I understand. It's uh, basically the same technology, but it's totally not the same machine. We're going to do it at a low wattage. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, it'll be refreshing. I've done it before. You know, that type of stuff. And uh, they hook him up. And uh, she says, yeah, you know, he's my friend. Can I sit and watch? And then, of <laughs> course, I, once again, that's, I'm also just like, uh, what, what, I'm going to leave. OK, some rando could just stand in here. It, was, it wasn't his boss. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, the way the guy talks, though, like we're doing something really good here by yeah. reprogramming and reconditioning the individuals right. who used to be part of the empire. Yeah. Yes, we're doing exactly you the have, same you have thing. Painful but we have painful really good intentions. <laughs> yeah. You have painful mm. thoughts, citizen. We need to remove those painful thoughts, to citizen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was a uh, yeah. It was very creepy. And of course, after the Twi'lek leaves, uh, she goes ahead and just fries his ass and turns the knob all the way up to eleven. Yeah. So I presumably it doesn't kill him. But I bet you we're going to see him as a vegetable later. That's my guess. Yeah, he's going to be a gibbering, uh, you know, drool fest going on, uh, yeah. I think, in the next episode. So that's 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 wh- why was this happening? Why did she need to kill him? Oh, my she... gosh, guys, what do you want to bet that baby Yoda has to, like, heal his mind? Oh, has to fix him? Oh, yeah. What do uh. you want to bet that's going to be a plot point? But why do you need to save him? Well, because they're going to need to get the information about her out of him. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, could be. So she was sent there from the Empire to infiltrate this reunification. Yeah, yeah. so she's like a double agent from... Yeah. Oh, she she appears to some, be a double uh, agent. We don't necessarily know that. She yeah. could be working for the space CIA. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Definitely seems like some Gladio-esque stay-behind network that Moss Gideon might have set up. Because he needed him killed for because he was trying to he knows too the much Yoda blood and okay yeah, yeah he, he knows he way too knows much about Gideon's operation for sure yep and i even uh, had it wrote in here it's like mind wipe damn she fried him yep. <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens to him uh after that but then we cut back to bo katan and uh mandalorian who have now gone to go visit the converts it's like, oh yeah hey guys the you remember that yeah. the person the show is titled over he's yes. still here <laughs> Oh, the titular character. We get to see him again. Remember him, kids? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I have a wrote down, uh, Bo-Katan gets to meet the gang out there in the valley. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, no, there's... Uh, a... No angry alligator turtles, so... Yeah, no uh, croco turtles this time. There was... The one, that one guy, though, has a, a real chip on his shoulder, though. Yeah. Heretic. Yeah, Bisla. Yeah. Yeah. Apostate. Well, he's still pissed apostate. about Mando. Yeah. Uh, You're both apostates. <laughs> You're from a fallen house. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you're from Clan Vishla, so we we get it, buddy. You don't like the crease too much. Yeah. Also, the way he's hostile to Mandalorian, to Din, does not make sense unless you watched the uh, previous show, yeah. right? Because they were re- they seemed to be on very good terms in previous seasons. Oh yeah, helped him out, getting him out from the uh, from the bounty hunter scene in the first season. Yeah, but but see. it goes back to Book of Boba Fett, right? That's the guy he fought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and then he yep. beat him. But it's like, but then okay, 
Yeah. I know there's not a lot of character between him and Din other than this is the way and put on your helmets. Right. But, but the little bit there is doesn't make any sense unless you actually watch the show that sucks. Just, but just watch the two episodes that are meant. Yeah, watch those. You don't watch have to watch any of Mandalorian season 2.5 and the, the Book of Boba Fett there. Yeah. Did, did, did uh, one of them have a girl that cheated on him with the other one? Because it feels that there's a lot of that, there. the dark yeah. saber is that is that oh, girl is dark, dark saber, dark saber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of pleasure okay all right so here we find out that uh, yes of course Din Djarin did bring the living waters back because uh, the blacksmith pours it into the into the well there and it lights up because no like it did in the very first episode yeah. yep I'm guessing that's because there is like trace elements of Beskar in the water. I don't know that, but that's my hypothesis. That's probably a good hypothesis to have. Uh, so it turns out Din Djarin is, in fact, redeemed. He is telling the truth. And uh, since Bo-Katan hasn't taken off her helmet this entire time because there seems to have been a rush to hurry up and get out of there, she is also redeemed in the eyes of the of the covert, the leftover of the Death Watch. Yep. yep. So uh, if you guys can't tell where this is going... I'd just like to remind you all that uh, it's, uh, what month is it? It's uh, March the 15th, the Ides of March. March. It's not March. We've retitled it to International Women's Month. Yes. Oh, yes. So if you can't tell where we're going. International National Women's Month. There was a prophecy stated at the beginning of the show, which is that there's going to be a apostate who gets redeemed. And who brings back the what? The Mythosaur. Yes. And what is what did Bo-Katan and only Bo-Katan, as we learned at the beginning of this episode, see? The Mythosaur. And yeah. what's happened by the end of this episode? She's been redeemed. And what does she realistically have the right to? Yeah. The, the one piece dark saber. she's missing. The yeah. dark saber. So. Which is really what gets her excited. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, boy, boy, does it. She just it's likes. Going to be very interesting to, to see how all of this plays out, especially with the with the covert. Yeah, uh, so. but honestly, I, as much as I joke about the whole international women's thing, I actually kind of would like to see Bo-Katan be the leader here. Because honestly, in terms of character work, she seems to be the only reasonably competent Mandalorian yeah. that we've seen <laughs> in this show. So. Yeah. Just so by far. that alone, she should be well, the leader. <laughs> and you know why she's the most competent? Because when reality hits, she's like, because she's a redhead. She is a redhead. Redheads deserve a strong, like, leading Place character at this point. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Stop the ginger side. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, my yeah. opinion is a, is a bit biased. <laughs> but well, uh, my go. last note that I have in here, Bo knows Mythosaurus. So... Yep. Taking wow. it back to that old 90s uh, Nike Bo, ad. Bo Jackson. Yep. But anyway, I think that's where we're building. Based based on what we saw with the prophecy and everything, I'm pretty pretty sure that plus, she's going to be the big hero at the end. Plus, yeah. it, the saber means that you can lead your the, the Mandalorians, right? right? That's yep. kind of the whole thing. Does, does Mando really want to do that? No. Doesn't I mean, seem like he does because he no, really wanted so, to just like give it over to her at the no, he wa- he at the end of season two. So uh, father son duos in the desert with uh, Grogu. He doesn't want to be doing that, and she does. So we need to give her the lead. Yeah, yeah. and she's like I said, she's clearly the most qualified of all of yeah. them. Anyway, yeah. and and I will say this about her: unlike a lot of. 
female protagonists that Disney has done, she's actually paid her dues, so to speak. She's not the but she's not the, a Mary Sue character. The Mary <laughs> Sue character that that Ray notoriously was like she's had to prove herself over the course of several different shows. She's an established yeah. character who it would actually make sense for her to be the leader of the Mandalorians. So I honestly would, I'm, I'm kind of ready for it on, as yeah, long as they plus, tell the story. Okay. I think I'm, I'm ready for it. I'd like to see it. Plus she's, she's already played a, a you know, a intergalactic, uh, feminine uh, hero as Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. <laughs> and um oh she was also in Longmire. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Seen I, I, I did actually it. watch Longmire. Yeah. yeah. Longmire it's a great show. Um she's yeah. in there too. It's an okay show. That's an okay show. Okay. Peter Weller's character. Too. So there's also that. What was that? She's very attractive too. There's also yeah. that. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh Carl Urban is a is a very lucky guy. I'll just yeah. put it that way. <laughs> Uh, so let's see how many passing out our five droids are we going to give this one? Uh, I'm actually going to keep it at about a four out of five for myself. So I think it was a, it was a really good episode. Uh, we got a lot of a little intrigue going on, especially with Dr. Pershing's thing. Uh, I would have liked to see the Mandalorian just a little bit more in his own show, but I, I think 4.5 out of five probably will do it. Uh, I'll let Lincoln go last. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'll give it a th- let's go out of five as well. Three and a half, three point nine, maybe. Um, three point nine. Three point nine. Edging close to four. <laughs> uh, nerd Nazi scientists. <laughs> Galactic Operation Paperclip right. scientists. Right. Yeah. Uh, or, or just he, he blew me away. Of he was so gullible just for some, uh, and he I don't even think he was attracted to her. It's just yeah. that's what women do. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, they have it. They have a power over us men. Make our IQ points just drop by the moment. Yeah, I swear. Give us a good set of cheekbones, and we're we're just done for. <laughs> um, I think uh, I really wanted to give this episode a five out of ten because um, I like this significantly better than I liked the last two. I thought the change of pace was very refreshing in the middle, but I honestly think that I would have liked it better if they had separated the two things because there was enough time spent in the in that middle really needy portion to have its own episode to be its own episode and i think i would have preferred it to be its own episode because the change of tone and pace having been going from mando and Bo to coruscant to the stuff at the the covert afterwards the it was some very dramatic swings in the tone of it that i just it didn't quite sit right with me so i'm only going to give it a four out of ten which is for disney star wars a a pretty solid rating <laughs> that's high marks from from that's lincoln high marks <laughs> from me for at least by if we're grading on the disney bell curve anyway um but I think that I think the stuff on Coruscant could have been done better with a little more subtlety, but I liked where it was going. I liked that it was different. I liked the tone and I liked the portrayal of Coruscant as well. And I honestly, I think the stuff that was done with Bo 
could have been done a little bit better. Like I said, she should have the dark saber by now. Um, and if they had done that in the previous episode, I might have liked stuff better. If I were the editor, what I probably would have done, if I if I would have been either to split this stuff into separate episodes or to combine the two Mando parts together and either do it at the end or all at the beginning and keep them as like two episodes within an episode type of deal instead of leaving us in suspense. Yeah. Um, I think the reason that they did that, I know I'm bunny trailing here, but I think the reason they did that is they needed their corporate mandated action sequence at the beginning of the show to happen <laughs> at the beginning of the show. Cause if you had just done the stuff in Coruscant, I think that they would be worried that people would just switch it off, which yeah, just turn it off. It was like, Oh, I'll catch it when I catch it. Yeah, exactly. I think it would, this would have been done better as separate episodes, but that's just me, which is why, but still, I think it affected the overall tone of the show for this week. So I'm only going to give it a four, even though I would like to give it out of a five way better than episode one, maybe even a bit better than episode two. Um, so far it's still not even average quality in terms of in graded and against everything else. But graded against the Disney bell curve, not bad. I liked it. <laughs> I did have a, I mean, so they started out with, you know, the the fights, uh, the the ship fights, and, and then they go, we're gonna go someplace that you know no, they don't know where we're at, and they boom, they they take off, and then they go to Coruscant, and it's this, and I'm kind of like, well, they always tie things together, so are they gonna show up there? And obviously they yeah. didn't, so they're you know they're building for something bigger, but it was just a little disconnected. Yeah, it was kind of disjointed, and I I just didn't like that. Like I said, it should have just been separate. I think it would have been much better if they just done separate episodes. Yeah. Right, well, we'll have to see what happens uh, next week. Anyways, guys, thanks for uh, tagging along, and uh, we'll come at you next Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Central. And uh, this Saturday, I have the, none other than the beautiful Tatiana Moroz. We're going to talk about her new album coming out, uh, Love Songs for Idiots. Uh, and also kind of give her a little after-action report with the uh, the DC March over there, uh, Rage Against the War, because she was there with Jordan Page. So it would nice. be interesting to see. But uh, anyways, guys, uh, catch you on Saturday and next week when we come back and do episode four. Out. Thanks.